greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by the other host, Ike. Ike, how the hell are you? Oh, man. Ugh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm still reeling off of that Halloween Ends episode, let me tell you. It's like a bad hangover. Yeah, we're we're not going there again. <laughs> we're, we're not. I, I legit, after all that discussion, I mean, there was a moment during this time between, I thought, you know what, maybe I should go watch it again. And, and I'm like, mm, I just haven't, though. I'm I'm not ready, I don't think, to, to dive back <laughs> in. I will at some point. I'll watch it again. I always do. But yep. right now, I'm I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Before we get started, though, I wanted to say, uh, and Dave said this the other day, and I think it's important because I guarantee it's going to happen. One day, in the not-so-distant future, we will look back and somebody will say, you know, Halloween Ends wasn't that bad. It's a cult classic. It, it, it will. <laughs> It, there will be there there will be there will be people that will love it and and, and that's fine i'm not saying again it's i'm still so torn i can't say that it's a bad movie it's like i can't it's yep. just i don't know not what i want to I'm, I'm not we're not doing that we're not going all we're not, we're not doing it <laughs> i feel like we're going we'll go down different rabbit holes today not that one <laughs> but but wherever you are out there make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform and listen to that episode you'll know what we're talking about if you haven't already Mm-hmm. And also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two, and Screams. As always, we got to give two little uh, two little bits before we dive in. Special thanks to my wife, Monica. She's our official podcast researcher. She gives us all the uh, information and details uh, that we need to to look like we are uh, we're, we're semi professional and organized here. She she keeps us in line <laughs> and. Uh, also, I'm going to give out a spoiler warning because we do talk movies here and we try not to give all the details. But in the course of discussion, of course, some things are spoiled. So before we get into the news and uh, and upcoming releases, we're going to do something new here. Starting on this episode, we're going to, to, to try to liven the conversation a little bit and do 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 have a little variety. We're going to start every episode. We're going to we're going to play a game and we're going to play a game that we're going to call the top three. And basically what this is, is every episode we'll have. Some topic, some statement, some something, and we will each give our three favorites uh, relating to that topic, and we'll count down from three to one. This is in this is going to be in order. This is not just going to be random. Uh, we're going to we're going to give them in order here. We're gonna we're gonna be definitive. We're gonna we're gonna give opinions here, and again, they are just our opinions, but we would love to hear yours as well. So if you'd like to play along with our game, make sure you go on social media and uh, tell us what yours are uh, and your top threes. And you can use the hashtag listen to screams and we'll make sure we see it that way. And on today's episode for our inaugural episode of this game, I feel like I'm Pat Sajak up here, you know, telling you to <laughs> get ready to tell you to spin the wheel. We're going to do our top three favorite horror movie themes. And uh, man, this is this is such a whew, this is such an open topic because music can really make a movie. Um, it can break a movie. But uh, it, it, you know, movie is so vital to setting the tone uh, of a movie. And, and if you ever, it's weird if you've ever watched a movie on mute or something like that. You could really, you, you <laughs> really get the feel for what it's like to watch a movie without, you know, background music and stuff. It's it's pretty pretty well. But we're talking mostly just about the the theme songs of the movie, not you know, not the the mood music and so on. So Ike, do you have your three in, in mind? I sure do. Okay, well, we're going to start with you. And again, we're going to go from three to one here. So start with what is your number three favorite horror movie theme? The Exorcist theme. Oh, man. The Exorcist theme, if you've never heard it, it is superb. It is chilling. I, there's something about it. I, I, I And also, like I, I remember hearing it um, when I was a kid, and I just oh, it used to scare me so much. This was sound, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Exorcist theme is my numero trace. It is it is definitely a theme that sets a mood and sets the theme for the movie. And again, it's very integral to it. I mean, it's one of the Exorcist, one of the best horror movies of all time. And it is that is one of the reasons. My number three is a movie that I love, but for some reason, it's not one of those movies that I, I go back to very often. And lots of people, I, I, I think there's people. I don't know if people are mixed about whether this is a horror movie or not. To me, it is definitely a horror movie, and it's always <laughs> everything I see. It's portrayed as a horror movie. My number three. Favorite theme is the theme to Jaws, and um, oh yeah, I, I love Jaws. It's one again. It's one of those movies. I don't know why I don't go back to it as often as one would think, but it is the absolute perfect theme song for a movie. 
in my eyes. It, that that building, duh, 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 I mean, it just it gets you pumping. It gets you, you know, fucking something's in that water about to get you <laughs> when, when you hear that. Uh, very, very well done. So my number three is, is again, Jaws. And I, I'm guessing there's people out there who would make the argument that might be their favorite. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Number two, Ike, what is your number two? So this one's kind of a cheat because I guess it's not technically a movie, but I had to. I had to say it. Goosebumps. The Goosebumps theme song. How can you not mention the Goosebumps theme song when you're talking about horror theme songs? Like, come on. Goosebumps. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> we are. Uh, we'll, we'll plug it again later, but uh, coming up on Halloween in just a few days after the release of this, we'll be doing a a special episode on our, our, our favorite Halloween specials. And we'll give a little spoiler here. One of them, the ones you picked was Goosebumps, yep. an episode of Goosebumps. Um, I've seen Goosebumps, right? I've seen multiple episodes, but <laughs> I did not remember that theme song. And I watched it. And I thought, what the hell? The theme song's great, but the whole opening is very weird with that yep. G that floats around or the sh- like a shadow of the G. Uh, well, we'll talk more about that, but okay. That's a, that's an interesting pick there for, for number two. My number two is is one of my favorite franchises, and uh, I'm going to go with the original, the number one from 1984, the theme from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I think, again, I think this is a theme that really sets the tone. It fits the music perfect. When you hear, there's just those few notes, and when you hear them, you just, you know what it is you're, you're hearing. Um, and so I absolutely love that that theme. I think it's it's, it's something that you, they done they did variations of it over the years through the different movies, but it, at the core, that melody uh, you still know what it is, and I think it, I think it's perfect for that movie. Absolutely. Now we're up to our number ones, and we haven't talked about this list, but I'd venture to guess, based on our likes uh, and and what we enjoy, I'm I'm venturing to guess our number ones are probably <laughs> the exact same one. Ike, what is your number one horror theme song? You know, it was a hard one, but it's got to be Halloween. Halloween. Absolutely, I agree. Oh. Halloween 1978. That is my favorite theme. To me, there is not a. I mean, it's one of the best movie theme songs of all time. It is. Oh, yeah. It is perfect. It is iconic. It. It. You hear that music. You hear that. That. That melody. It, it's. It's. The theme is simplistic in the, especially in the original. There's not like this huge depth to it. But that's part of what. Again, it, it's perfect for the shape. That. That fear that's lurking in the shadows. But you hear that melody and you just you're looking over your shoulder. You're wanting to see if there's something there hiding behind the hedges. Uh, that is to me, that, that might be my my absolute favorite just movie in general theme song of all time is absolutely perfect. One hundred percent. You said it perfectly. But it's just like when you hear that opening and like that, just that that it just you you feel it in your bones and you're just like you become immediately alert. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Yeah. And again, I think it, it, I mean, the great thing is it plays into, you know, John Carpenter was first and foremost is a musician, right? Yeah. He, he was, he, he was a musician. He, he is a musician. He, he's played in bands and everything else. And that he loves it. That's a passion of his. And he wrote that song. So he knew what he wanted for his movie. And uh, it was absolutely perfect. But again, we'd love to hear what your opinions are and what you guys uh, out there in the listener verse, uh, think are your favorite horror movie theme songs. So hit us up on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you like to hang out on, on the social medias. And uh, let us know, what are your favorite horror movie theme songs? Is there one, maybe an obscure one out there that, that, you know, doesn't get a lot of uh, recognition. Uh, let us know. Uh, so again, that was our top three horror movie theme songs. Unanimously, it's Halloween 1978 here uh, for our show. So after that, let's catch a breath and uh, we'll come back with all the news and upcoming releases. I think we have some late words. I'm just arriving and interrupt to bring this to you. Okay, we're back. And before we get into all the upcoming and new releases, we do have uh, a couple, well, one merchandise related thing and then some birthdays and anniversary dates. And a very cool, I know we talk about it all the time. We talk about Nika. I'm, I'm a, I love Nika. I love their figures. I think they do absolutely amazing figures and they have so many of the horror properties. Uh, but they're getting ready to come up, come out with a ghost face figure. And it's not based on Scream itself per se, but this figure is made uh, is based on Ghostface uh, from Stab Eight, the fictional movie within the Screamverse, and it's very cool. It comes with all these alt- uh, multiple heads, 
and accessories. It has like the red screen face with the horns and, and the green and everything else. Uh, I think it, that's pretty clever to come up with, you know, this this movie <laughs> that's meta movie about the murders within the movie type deal. And, uh, and, and to do that. So that's coming up from from Nika. It's very cool. Again, to check out their they have they make figures for pretty much any property you can absolutely imagine. So check them out. A couple of key birthdays coming up on October 30th. The one and only Henry Henry Winkler, the Fonz himself, uh, has a birthday. Uh, of course, he's known for Happy Days, but he's also uh, very known for the aforementioned Scream, where he played the principal of the high school. Uh, has a very <laughs> a very memorable scene in his office there, where he when he uh, in his kill scene and and the the moments leading up to that. So happy birthday, Fonzie! And then of course Tony Collette uh, is on, birthday has a birthday on November 1st, known for the Sixth Sense and Hereditary. And a couple of anniversary movie release dates coming up. October 28, 2001, the cult favorite movie Donnie Darko uh, premiered. October 30th, 1938, was the first radio the radio broadcast of H.G. Wells' The War of the War War of the Worlds. I don't know why I said war like that. War of the Worlds, uh, which is known. I mean, it caused some panic among listeners because a lot of people tuned into this in progress and thought it was a news report and that the Earth was truly being invaded. Uh, so, uh, again, that October 30th, 1938 there. And then October 31st, Halloween night, 2010, The Walking Dead premiered. Um, of course, you know, Walking Dead now in its final season. Um, I, Ike, are you, are you current on Walking Dead? Um, So I've not – so I've watched everything up until the first half of the final season. So I've seen the first half, but I know the second half just kind of started coming out. Um, yeah. So – and I've caught up on that. I've not caught up on Fear of the Walking Dead or, like, World Beyond or anything. But uh, yeah, I'm still catching up on those. <laughs> yeah, I, I stay I stay pretty current on the on the main show there. I'm you know watch the main show from the very beginning and I stay pretty current on it each week. All right, so uh, and let's get into the upcoming uh, releases before we get into the streaming of theaters. It is coming up very soon. Uh, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown will be coming out. It's not on network TV anymore, but it is free to watch on Apple TV. It's always in this week leading up to Halloween. Uh, I don't have the specific date. They've not really thrown it out there, but so watch social media. Uh, but again, even if you do not subscribe, they always put it out there for free on Apple TV to watch leading up to Halloween. It's a tradition. Everybody needs to watch the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown uh, for Halloween. So upcoming releases on streaming urban legend is coming to discovery plus on October 28th. Uh, it's from Eli Roth. Uh, it says that uh, if friends comes oops, excuse me from the Eli Roth of France comes a nightmarish anthology showcasing classic urban legends. Each cinematically create, uh, crafted tale preys on our most mostly deeply embedded fears, delivering a horrifying intention fueled experience. Hmm. Um, the urban legends have been done right many times. They've done been done in anthologies. They never they're always to me very always great topics for movies because there's so much you can do with them. These 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 lores and these tales are always expanding. There's always more coming at to them. There's so many out there that that you could do. Um, so I'm pretty excited about this. I, I'm a I'm a kind of a nut for urban legends, and I want to see what they do with this. And of course, it's Eli Roth. I mean, how can you go wrong with Eli Roth? No, absolutely. I, I'm a huge fan of Eli Roth. Um, I think one of my favorite movies that a lot of people have either never seen or maybe um, haven't checked out. And so this is just a little plug. Check out the Green Inferno. Um, honestly, it's incredibly disturbing and it's one of those horror movies that you watch and you're like, wow, this is not like any horror movie I've ever watched before. Uh, but no, absolutely. I, I will definitely be watching this as soon as it comes out. Yes, me as well. So coming up, uh, then in theaters on October 28th, pray for the devil, a nun preparing for an exorcism comes face to face with a demonic force that ties to her past. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm all about <laughs> exorcisms and nuns and, uh, to me, no no disrespect to anybody out there to listen to whatever else, but to me, religion is can be one of the, the creepiest of topics um, for a movie like this. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. Have you heard anything about uh, Pray for the Devil? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, it's going to be something I will catch. Um, my my wife, she's a she's a sucker for paranormal movies, and uh, you know, so I do get to watch a lot of the really good paranormal movies. Um, I am slightly skeptical about this movie. I'm skeptical about PG-13 horror movies just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a PG-13 horror movie. Not to say that they can't be good, but uh, counting dollars donuts, typically when a horror movie is rated PG-13, they have to hold back quite a bit. Um, 
So, yeah, that's my only concern, but I, I'll be watching it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have, coming out on October 28th, in a limited release, The Lair, on her final combat mission across the rugged mountains of Afghanistan, Royal Air Force fighter pilot Lieutenant Kate Sinclair, uh, her, her jet is shot down over one of the most dangerous rebel strongholds. When insurgents come after her at the crash site, she finds refuge in a long-since-abandoned underground bunker. After tracking Sinclair into the depths of the bunker, the insurgents accidentally awaken a man-made deadly biological weapon known as the Ravagers, half-human, half-alien, and hungry for human flesh. Terrified, she watches the creatures rip apart the men pursuing her. Uh, yeah, I can see where she might be terrified by anything called the Ravagers. I, I hear the Ravagers. I always think, uh, I always think of a, a firefly. Wasn't that what those uh, weird mutant hybrid inbred-looking things that that always chase them? I think they were called the Ravagers and, and Firefly. I always think of that when I hear that that yeah, word Ravagers. So. But, uh, this is a uh, this sounds interesting to me because I, I'm all about. These these beast type things doing this and and then when you put that scenario into an underground bunker, uh, yeah, that to me that's a little terrifying. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, yeah, absolutely. I'll probably watch this. Um, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like the descent um mm-hmm. or like the cave so like I, I do like those kind of underground feature type things also you can't beat a good creature feature um but no for sure as soon as you start going underground that's prime territory uh for spookiness so i'll i'll catch this one i think yeah yeah i i have a i have a lot of claustrophobia i don't like closed in places i don't like my greatest fear is being buried alive or one of my greatest fears is being buried alive and um yeah so when you put something underground uh man that just <laughs> in my head, I don't. I mean, even if it's spacious, in my head, I, I know there's Earth above me, and that oh, that freaks me out. And then also coming out on a limited release, October 28th is My Special Boy. It says there is no denying that Camp Crystal Lake has a dark history, one that Sean Orton is intent on ignoring. Despite being warned against returning to his childhood camp, Sean's desire to save his family name proves to be even stronger. Um, I haven't really heard much about this, but uh, it sounds very intriguing. I'm of course, my interest peaks when you mentioned Camp Crystal Lake. Um, um, so, I, I have you heard much about my special boy? Because this is all the information that I've seen and have. I haven't really dug into this any deeper. Yeah, no, honestly, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Um, when I look it up, it does seem to be a. I'm assuming it's a fan film because um, it doesn't look like it's like an official release of any kind. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It just looks like a fan film, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Obviously, I think it probably has just as equal amount of opportunity. But uh, yeah, I know it's a fan film, so I've not heard of that, but I'll yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We talked about that last episode a little bit. That sometimes fan films are even better than the actual licensed stuff because because of the passion involved in them. And then on a side note, because uh, well, to be quite frank, Ike and I both like to eat. So we're both a, what you might call a quote-unquote foodie. So if you're a foodie as well, just just so you know, there are many episodes streaming on Discovery Plus, uh, their Food Network portion in there, that's centered around Halloween baking and cooking. So there you go. If you're going to have a Halloween party or just a, a marathon of, of movies at home and you're wanting some recipes and some, some treat ideals, go check out Discovery Plus and get yourself some Halloween treats made. So let's pause again. We'll come back with uh, what we did spooky. And uh, what we watched this week. Halloween, the festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. All right, we are back, and we're going to start with what we did. Spooky, mine's very simple. I, did, I didn't do anything outside the realm of normal. I didn't go anywhere. I did. I, I finally made it to my local Spirit Halloween, um, which was, you know, great. Like I said, I, I've been to Spirit Halloween like four times, and I, had, I drove an hour to it. But, you know, now I finally went to the one that's five minutes away from me. Uh, but that's always fun. That's always cool. There's a lot of people there. It's, it's great to see people. I love seeing people excited about, you know, <laughs> horror movie, you know, merchandise and, and, and masks and costumes and everything else. So that's pretty much all I did. Uh, besides, you know, I just stuck around home and, um, and uh, watched movies. But uh, I, I, I think you did something spooky, did you not? Yeah, yeah. I did something pretty spooky, I'd say. Um, so I live in the uh, Pensacola area in Florida, and in our area, we have a uh, Shriners Club. It's called the Haji Shriners. And every year, and obviously, this is my first year da- living down in the uh, Florida area, so this is my first year seeing this. But they, every year, apparently, they do a, a really nifty haunted house, so we decided to go check it out. 
Um, now, obviously, you know, it depends on how much you're wanting to spend. It was about $25 per person. Um, my wife actually won, won free tickets. Um, so that's what really made us uh, want to go is that, you know, she won free tickets. So we're like, OK, we got to go. So honestly, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Um, I, 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 it's not as like it's not the most scary haunted house that I've ever been to. I think it is more directed at. Uh, families and it's a little bit more kid friendly there were a couple of really good scares i will say um, i obviously won't ruin it for anybody who's watching or listening i should say but there was one part with uh pennywise that got me pretty good uh definitely wasn't expecting it and it uh definitely made me uh come close to soiling myself i ain't gonna lie uh clowns no, are creepy yeah. oh yeah you, you put a clown in there and, and if it takes you by surprise there there it's game over yeah. But no, yeah, a lot of fun, though. Uh, definitely recommend it. Um, and it was for a good cause. It was for uh, the Hodges uh, or the Shriners Children, Children or Shriners Children's Hospital. And uh, the other half of their proceeds went to, um, I think, breast cancer awareness, if I remember correctly. That's good stuff. So as we and if we talk, uh, we're talking creepy clowns. And as we transition to what we view this week, <laughs> finally, I got to go see Terrifier 2. Finally seen it. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. It was a. Uh, Everything I I'm I'm absolutely amazed because I hear that the the movie had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget and I'm like I'm amazed at what they accomplished <laughs> for a quarter of a million. I mean I I, f- I feel like they way overachieved on their budget there. Um, but yeah there was uh yeah 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 the kills were definitely gory and intense. But uh, I was all about it. I, I loved it. Uh, the it was it was fun. I highly recommend it. It's still out there plugging away. Uh, but I do hear the rumblings are online that we are not far from the official streaming release. So stay tuned for that. So if, if you can't get somewhere and see it, you know, be, be ready, be ready because it'll be out there. Uh, it'll be on exclusively on Screenbox, and I'm sure it will hit uh, the uh, video on demand platforms like Voodoo and stuff as well. So uh, what did you watch this week? Ike, did you watch anything this week? Um, Honestly, I, I went back and I watched uh, Halloween four, uh, five and six. Cause I think not too long ago I watched, uh, uh, which one was it I watched? I think I watched. Uh, what did I watch last time? Oh, I don't. I don't remember now. But I watched. No, I watched Halloween two, and I watched Halloween four, and I started Halloween five. So I'm kind of going back and through, and um, you know, kind of back to what we were talking about earlier. Kind of had a bad taste in my mouth after Halloween ends. So I made it a point mm-hmm. to watch some of the uh, better films in that series. But anyways, um, so yeah, we watched a couple of those. Um. And I think that's pretty much about it. I, I just very, very Halloween filled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, what I, I, I went back and watched some older movies. I watched uh, Creep 1, Creep 2. Uh, those are both very fun. I very much enjoy those. Uh, very well done, especially the first one. I mean, but I was, you know, I'm always leery when I watch one. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch the second one. But uh, it, man, the second one had a fresh take that I, I really liked. Uh, but, oh, yeah. So I highly recommend both those. And then I dove into my, my annual rewatch of the Friday the 13th franchise. And so far, I'm, I'm through one, two, and three. Uh, and still plugging away on that. And I'm also still simultaneously also watching, rewatching the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And I'm through, I think, the first four of that. And I'm, I'm into five, getting ready to go into five on that. So I'm, I'm back just rewatching a lot of classic stuff. And uh, and uh, that's what I watch. So let's, uh, but we did watch two other things. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk Trick or Treat and VHS 99. So hang in there. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Jack-o'-lanterns. Putting on costumes. Handing out treats. Always check your candy. Okay, we're back with our reviews for the week. We're going to start off with VHS 99, uh, the latest installment of that movie that was released on Shudder or AMC+, uh, whichever route you go with that material. It's the fifth installment in the VHS series. It's, again, another found footage anthology. It premiered on September 16, 2022 at the Toronto Film Festival, uh, followed by other festivals after that, and then premiered streaming on October 20th, direct to Shudder and AMC+. Uh, They've already announced the next movie in this uh, series it's going to be vhs 85 it was announced at new york comic-con again a shutter original and um it supposedly was secretly shot or not supposedly i mean it has, was secretly shot back to back with vhs 99 so it's it's ready it'll be ready to go when the time comes i'm excited about that one because when you, you you put something in the 80s you're talking my wheelhouse there so i'm very excited <laughs> about that 
but Ike didn't get to watch it, the VHS 99 yet, uh, with his uh, Halloween haunted house antics and everything else. But I did. I watched VHS 99 the day of release, and uh, I very much enjoyed it. I, um, I've watched I've watched all the VHS movies, all five of them, and in my eyes, I think, in my opinions, every one is a little better than the previous one. I think this series is getting better. Uh, every every movie to me. Um, when it started off, I was like, ah, it's okay, but it's nothing. You know, again, I'm so found footage is so finicky for me uh, yeah. because I, I feel like a lot of it just feels the same. I think they've really hit their stride by doing a kind of a timepiece era type thing. When you when you tie the year into it, you know, like the the 95 or the 94, the 99, the 85. I feel like that's great because it, it gives it a a little bit of a unified feel so much because you're talking a time period, a timepiece. Um, this one, again, I'm not going to spoil a lot of it. The the final segment, and this one was my favorite. The one, I think it was the one right before it, was my close second because they did a, uh, <laughs> they did kind of a a spoof, if you will, on the old game show Double Dare uh, that Ooh. was on Nickelodeon. So, and uh, and of course shenanigans ensue, and I love that one because I'm a, I loved Double Dare when I was a kid, and it was that kind of you know that kids game show you know with the disgusting stuff, um, but it it it, it went somewhere, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I, so I really, really enjoyed that segment. And there was one actress in that, and I don't remember, I don't know her name, but I do know that she's in my wife's favorite soap opera, General Hospital. So when I saw her, I was like, ah, oh, I recognize her. So it was kind of weird because I've never seen her in anything else. And it was unique seeing her in this scenario. So uh, again, I, I very much enjoyed it. But I will say um, these these kind of found, found footage shows are just, they're just not my, they're not my favorite. That's just not my favorite genre of horror to watch. So I am a little biased in that in that route. There's nothing wrong with the movie. I, I think if you enjoy found footage, you're going to enjoy this. And um, but again, like I said, it's just it's just not my particular uh, favorite genre uh, unless it's done right. Like again, I always go back to Deadstream because I thought Deadstream was just so fresh to me and it felt so fun. Uh, but I will give it a good. I will say a good three and a half uh, screams out of five. I thought it was good, you know it was fun enough to watch that I will give it a three and a half again. I, I'm still invested in the series. I'm still looking forward to VHS 85. Uh, so go out and watch that on Shudder or AMC+. Now our main event. We're going to talk about Trick or Treat. Uh, it's, it's hard. I, w- I always wanted to put that. It sounds like a pirate in the middle. They're like, Trick or Treat, because, I, you know, it's just the letter R. So I want to make sure I don't, you know, because there was a an 80s uh, Trick or Treat uh, movie. So, uh, but again, this film came out in 2007, and, and it's kind of a classic film we wanted to hit. And we wanted to hit. Here in the month of October, because, of course, this movie is completely 100 percent Halloween based and in every way. And, and I love it for that. Um, I, I, I mentioned it last episode when we talked about this coming up. I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. It is so enjoyable to watch. Every time I watch it, I, I, I chuckle. There's parts I just absolutely chuckle. And every time I watch it, this this is one of those anthology type movies that, man, it's so put together. It's put together so well. Because everything ties, and I love how there's so much interwoven stuff, and there's so much stuff that comes up that refers back to earlier in the movie, and and these little nuggets that you know, oh, it's it, to me it just it's woven so great, uh, and it, it I love this movie, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, so before we dive talking about the plot a little bit, we're gonna kind of break it down uh, segment by segment, and again, it's kind of it's a little difficult to do that because again, there is a lot of overlap. And there is right. some interwoven stuff, but there's there's some main story going on during this movie. But before we get that, I, I've, I've spouted off enough about how much I love it. Ike, what is your overview and your take on the movie Trick or Treat? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, I, I'm a huge fan of anthology type films. Um, I would definitely say it's probably, you know, in my top five favorite like horror genres, you know, slashers being number one, of course, but, you know, uh, I love the concept of an anthology being able to fit so many ideas and so many stories, especially when they're done properly and interwoven in a good way. Um, Definitely. It it can be, if it's done right, anthology films are so good. That being said, uh, no, yeah. Trick or treat is probably one of my favorites. Uh, definitely in my top five favorite horror movies of all time, but also top five favorite anthology films for sure. Yeah. It's so well, because again, there's these, there are very different stories being told, but when you watch it, there's, they overlap and tie together so well that it, it man, it's just, 
it's very, very cleverly done. Um, and I, I absolutely love, I love the character, the Sam character. I mean, cause he, you look at him and he looks cute, right? But, but with that, that touch of creepy to me, again, I will always hearken back that done the right way. Cute is very creepy because you know, this dude <laughs> is going to do some shit. So that, that cuteness just makes it all the weirder. And uh, I love that, man, he's just out there and all he's doing is defending the rules of Halloween. That's, that's, that's what he's doing, right? If you obey the rules of Halloween, you're good, right? You're, he, he's not going to bother you. And, um, if I'm remembering right, I don't have this down here in the notes. I don't think, but I think there's, I think there's four primary rules of Halloween, right? There's, yeah. you always wear a costume. Uh, you always give out candy, uh, check your candy or, no, no, wait, it's check your, no, check your candy is not one. Is it? I believe it's so. respect <laughs> the dead is one. And then yeah. the, the, there's the, obviously the one of you don't blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, before the, the holiday's over. So I think, am I right there, Ike? I think those are the four primary, the five, the rules that are in there. Yeah, it says always give candy to trick-or-treaters, always wear a costume, never extinguish the flame of a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, and respect the dead. Yeah. And uh, I always get confused there a little bit with the check the candy because that's what the, the principal character says something about that in there. But it's not what uh, Sam's rules because, well, you know, Sam's candy is pretty vicious. <laughs> but uh, the movie opens up. It's got a little segment to open, uh, showing a couple getting home after you don't know what they're going. They're at a party or something. Clearly, they're dressed up. And you can tell the wife or the girlfriend, whichever she is. I, I'm not sure if it's clear if she's married or not. Uh, but she is. Uh, you can just tell she's just worn out, right? She's just exasperated. She just wants the holiday to be over. She's she's done. And uh, but the husband is, you know, he's all about it. And the wife walks up and she blows out the jack lantern. And he's all like, whoa, hey, oh, you don't do that, right? That's a tradition. You don't do that. And she's like, yeah, get off it. And everything else. And she's she wants to take the decorations down because her mom's coming the next morning. And, you know, he doesn't think you should, you know, not you shouldn't take the decorations down because the, the holiday is not over. Right. Anyway, he goes inside, uh, which you find out <laughs> later. He goes into I, I mean, to watch porn essentially is what it is. Apparently, that's <laughs> something these two do. But um, and he ends up falling asleep. She starts taking the decorations down. And I don't think in the opening we really see Sam, but he comes um, and he he gets vengeance because she broke the rule about the jack-o'-lantern and then the husband ends up coming out, which what I was assuming is hours later. It, it feels like it's been a while and, uh, finds her, uh, draped up under one of the ghost decorations. And that's how the movie opens. And then we go to the kind of the opening sequence. I love this opening. I think it sets the tone for it. it I think it peaks. If you've watched it for the first time, it, it, it peaks the, again, these are all spoilers, right? If you've not seen this movie after this <laughs> time, go watch it. I mean, but anyway, but I think it, it piques your interest. It, it makes you wonder, well, oh, what was that? That you know, talk about tradition and and you know what what did this? What got her? Um, I, I love the opening. One little side fact I noticed. And watch this again. I've said this before. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the TV series Supernatural, and uh, the guy in this opening sequence played uh, Gadriel, the angel in the Supernatural series. Uh, so immediately that caught my eye when I saw him again. I was like, oh yeah, that's him. And come to find out, this movie was filmed in Vancouver, the same place that Supernatural was. So I guess it's he must be a Vancouver actor. Um, but anyway, uh, so I, what, do you, what do you think of the opening sequence? I think it set the stage perfectly for this movie. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, and I uh, I think it's really funny because when you watch this movie and if you really don't know what you're getting into, because uh, I've seen the movie before a billion times, uh, but when my wife watched it for the first time. Um, she you know she 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 knows that my taste on horror movies is not always the best um because like <laughs> i i fall for those really shitty horror movies just all the time so when we first watched this for the first time she was like you know i heard about this i know it's a halloween classic or whatever she's like but i'm kind of unsure about it but after um you know after the husband takes off the sheet and you see the woman on that thing with the the uh, lollipop in her mouth that's when my wife was hooked so I got to give a credit. Like you said, it perfectly sets the stage. It literally just hooks you right at the beginning. And you're just like, oh, wow, I'm on. I'm in. I'm in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. And then it, and it spins into that opening sequence, the uh, the kind of the title sequence, which is very, very coolly done. It, it's got a comic book thing where it's like you're going through a comic book, uh, yep. reading some of this. And it starts to really set the stage for what's happening here. Right. There's rules. And there's, you know, things you don't do that's tied to Halloween. And it really kind of expands on – it gives you that – starts to give you that feel of, okay, this is what we're doing here, right? Something happened because she broke the rule. And uh, and it leads into then 
<laughs> Principal Steve Wilkins, um, who, man, this guy, he cracks me up. He, because <laughs> he looks so middle America vanilla, but yet then you find out truly he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet, uh, kind of literally. Um, but you see him and he starts talking. Uh, there's this this kid that that's smashing jack o' lanterns and he goes to Principal Wilkins' house trick or treating, <laughs> and uh, you know Wilkins uh he has the bucket out and, and it's going by the honor system right take one piece. And the kid, of course, you know, starts shoveling it into his bag. And Principal Wilkins walks up and is like, hey, what are you doing? And starts kind of – you get the feel like, he's, oh, this is a teachable moment, right? He's going to teach this kid a little bit. So he's sitting there, and he's talking to him and everything else. And then suddenly the kid starts reacting and hurting. And then <laughs> the most grotesque vomiting, bleeding, <laughs> it is so sickening because it's – you could tell the kids ingested a lot of chocolate. And it's a – it's very, very gross. But this is where the, the part that confused me, where uh, Principal Wilkins mentions, oh, one of the, you know, there's a rule. You always check your candy. Well, he uh, he obviously uh, put, you know, whatever razor blades or whatever it is in the candy the kid ate. So then he it shows him. And again, these are the stories, but some of these scenes are throughout the movie. They're, but we're going to talk, kind of see his story uh, through a little bit further. Uh, he goes to bury the kid in the backyard. And uh, the neighbor uh, um, is very, very grumpy and very nosy and <laughs> is wanting to know what this guy's doing in the backyard. And his dog's barking at him. And, uh, you, you know, and uh, he's trying to get rid of the neighbor and everything else. And it finally does. And I think the neighbor calls him. I don't know what he is, an asshole or it calls him a name or something. Right. And, right. and uh, essentially, you know, the, the neighbor is just a grump. And then uh, so, you know, that's that's part of what it is. The kid is not fully dead yet. So he has to fight the kid down. But anyway, and then we cut uh, kind of start the next story somewhere in all this where there's a girl named Lori and her friends and they're trying on costumes and they're going to go to a surprise party or a party. And uh, the one Lori is she's not uh, she's not really into it. Right. She's seems to to my in my view, I, she's she's kind of shy, a little introverted. Um, everybody else has, you know, got dates or can get dates and she's not you know like that or whatever. And uh, they start to go to this party. And um, they're and they're at this this kind of parade thing, um, which you see it while they're at this outdoor parade celebration type thing. You see in one scene the couple from the opening scene. Yep. Come through. So there it is. It's starting to tie back, right? They're 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 there. And um, one of the girls kind of meets up with a guy. They're in an alley, kind of making out. And um, then there's some there's some biting involved, right? And you're kind of wondering about who this guy is and what's going on. He's got a mask type of mask, kind of a almost a Phantom of the Opera take type mask. It's a little different. Um, but, you know, th- that all happens. And then Lori's sitting around and they the others go on to they, they pick up some guys and they're going on to the actual party they were going to. And Lori's sitting there apparently still trying to get a guy. And uh, and uh, eventually. um she starts to walk to this the, the party they're going to. It's like out in the woods or whatever. Yep. And, and Lori encounters the biter guy from the, the parade type thing. And um, she kind of what you think is she gets attacked by this guy. Right. But in, in a turn, you find out that, well, the truly the 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 dominant one here is is Lori. And um, you see everybody at the party and suddenly this masked guy kind of comes flying into the scene. And Lori comes in and she suddenly looks, she looks badass, right? It's just like a total change of demeanor. And um, and again, like I said, this story is all spread out through the movie. But uh, then, but ultimately, the the guy is unmasked and it's Principal Wilkins, who has a he's such a weirdo. And uh, so uh, I don't know what you know. Apparently, he's out looking for more victims uh, and whatever it may be. Um, but anyway, you find out at this party, this group, they're they're all werewolves. Yep. And, and they start to turn and and Lori turns and you it kind of gives you to me, like it gives me that vibe because the whole the whole thing, you think they're trying to push this girl to go to the party and, and be other. But it's more of a pushing her to embrace who, what she is on the inside and, and give into it. And I kind of get the vibe that maybe they're trying to push her maybe uh, to, to to make her first kill. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think that's what it is. Sort of like an initiation or like a, you know, a birthright type deal is that, you know, she needs to make a kill to 
truly transition, you know, and become part of like this, you know, I don't think the I think the correct term would be a, a pack because werewolves yeah, are right, right. packs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 100 percent. And I got to say about this scene, too, is the for a movie that was not a theatrical release, the the scene where they're tra- transitioning into like werewolves, it is so well done. It is like you just see like their skin ripping open and like all the hair and stuff coming out. And I mean, you would think that this is like a major motion picture when it never had a theatrical release, but no. Yeah. Uh, this is a really good scene. It's not my favorite section of the whole movie. No, mine but, I mean, it's hard to say that any of these are in any way, shape or form bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, this ends up proving to be the end of Wilkins. Um, but some of the, uh, again, my, my timeline of how this is all portrayed in the movie gets convoluted because as I start to tell the story, I, I, I ramble on about the entire story and I miss, but there is more to the Wilkins story, right? You find out he's got a bratty kid who keeps yelling at him as he's trying to bury this body about wanting to carve the jack-o'-lantern and wants to do this. And he wants to do that. And he's trying to get rid of the damn kid uh, so he can finish what he's doing. But ultimately he ends up going inside. He kind of snaps at the kid. So he kind of feels, you, you get the vibe that he feels bad, right? That here I am, I'm this horrible dude. And oh, I snapped at my kid. I got to take a breath. So he says, okay, let's, you know, we'll go carve the jack And the kid keeps saying, I think he keeps saying, uh, will you help me with the eyes? Yep. And um, so they end up going downstairs to do that. And you come to find out that they're not actually carving a jack They're carving the head of the, the kid that he just killed, uh, kind of, you know, jack style. And um, he's kind of um, like he's training to pass the torch on to his son, right? That the son's got the bug. This is a kind of a serial killer, vicious guy uh, hiding behind this you know, vanilla front. And then he's passing that on to the kid. Um, there's something very creepy about this to me because it's, it's that whole, you don't know what's happening in the house next door. And, um, Oh, but in part of this though, I, I, a very key part of this is as he's going back in and he looks over at the grumpy neighbor and the neighbor's kind of banging on the window. It looks like he's trying to get his attention and he's just like, ah, you know, screw you and goes on inside and ignores <laughs> him. That, that comes into play later. So, I, Ike, what do you think of this? The can, kind of the whole principal Wilkins arc and the this serial killer, you know, hiding, you know, in su- suburb America as a principal type deal. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's one of the most underused tropes in horror is like the um super plain guy hiding in plain sight who does like these really vicious things because you know you have all your major serial killers, you know, your Michael Myers, your you know Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and they're all very much these like larger than life in your face i'm a serial killer i don't give a shit who what you think about me kind of thing but you know i feel like it's one of the more underused tropes especially in modern horror where there this person's like a secret psychopath you know what i mean it it really plays into like the reality that most serial killers in like real life yep. you don't know that they're a serial killer until you you know you're being killed <laughs> yep absolutely because how many times do you see that when you watch a documentary or whatever it is about you know serial killers and you see the news footage of the neighbor or the the coworker, or whatever. It's like, man, I never would have thought he seemed like such a nice guy. And and that's that's what it is. You never know what's going on in someone else's head. And uh, yeah. it is very it, it's, so it's very, very creepy to me. And then we, we kind of get this is my my favorite. I think my favorite story overall here is coming up and it's talking about the school bus massacre. And there's this this group of, of trick or treaters or, or kids. And, and, you know, they're you can just tell they're, they're kind of mischievous. And there's this one girl who's, who's clearly kind of nerdy and introverted and, and, and a little awkward. And they invite her to go with them uh, somewhere. And um, and they go and they're going to the rock quarry. And the one girl tells this this story about uh, this, you know, these kids that were kind of special needs that were bused to a special school out of town because the parents were embarrassed by their children. And. Uh, they said after after years of this, the parents were just exhausted and worn out, and they essentially they paid off the bus driver uh, who was going to drive them to the rock quarry uh, and then send the bus over into the quarry and, and kill the kids and so that it would seem like an accident and uh, the, the, the parents wouldn't have to deal with these children anymore. In the course of when the bus driver is, is trying to do this, he's kind of a he's, – I think he, he chain, he's chaining them into the bus, right? He's got like yep. yeah, shackles and stuff. Um, and as he does this, this one kid panics and um, gets loose and he goes up and gets in the seat of the bus. And he's, he's shouting about you know going home and uh, he attempts to drive the bus and he drives the bus off into the rock quarry with the bus driver inside. 
Um, you do see that the bus driver comes out, but the, they, they say that the kids were never found in this. And, you you know, you want to think that there's this. This is a as we spoke earlier, this is just a, a local urban legend, right? This, this school bus accident and these kids that were killed. And the whole thing is meant to uh, to scare this girl. They're they're setting this all up. Uh, there's an elevator down into the rock quarry and they say, oh, it can only hold so many. And they go down and it's basically they're setting it up that they're going to scare the girl. And um, I, I and I they leave one kid with her, but I always get the vibe that that kid's in on it. But um, they just have to have someone to stay with her to make sure she stays there. And uh, and again, the one popular kid is kind of he's a, almost a little flirty with her to kind of maybe keep her interest. Um, you know, talks about how much he likes her jack-o'-lanterns. And though that's part of it. There's supposed to be a, you know a jack-o'-lantern one for each of the victims that they're bringing to light uh, in, in in honor of them. So they go down and um, they they scare this girl right, and she takes off. And, um, she, you know, they're trying to get back to the lift and she panics. I think she panics and falls down. And uh, the one kid that was kind of flirting with her, he, he, he feels bad. He's like, all right, we need to just let's knock it off. She's terrified. It's enough. We've done, we got her. We did her gag. And he tries to calm her down and, and calm the situation. And then suddenly the the <laughs> the, the the kids come out of the water uh, from the, the bus basket. Well, that's part of it. They, they say, well, hey, if you set all this up. And this was all just fake. Then why is there really a school bus? Because there was a school bus wrecked down there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's just, you know, whatever, convenience or however she says it. She blows it off. But these kids come out of the the, the water at the bottom of the Macquarie, and they all panic and scream, and, and they all take off. And the the kind of the nerdy girl makes it to the thing first, and she locks <laughs> the thing, the lift, and she she goes up and leaves them down there. And, uh, and you you know, they're, they fall victim then to these kids that were uh, of the massacre and she goes on home. So um, I, I love this song and, and I think I love it most because it really, really plays into the, the kind of the finale in the segment. And, um, and, and this kind of cool little twist or little nugget that the first time you watch it, oh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. But, but like, what do you think of this whole story of the school bus massacre trying to, you know, make it feel like it's an urban legend and it's not really and all that. No, yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things that I think that Trick or Treat does really well, this part included, is they really create this atmosphere that like it because, you know, sometimes when you watch these movies, you think like there's no way this could happen. But when you're watching this, you're like this 100 percent could happen. You know, what I mean, you're like, I, I would not be surprised if I saw, you know, like a bunch of kids going down, you know, doing some stupid shit that they shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? Like that this kind of thing would definitely happen. A bunch of teenagers being stupid yep. and then you know obviously you know they create this atmosphere that makes everything very realistic and then they kind of bring you they they build you up on that realism and then they break you back down with like that really supernatural aspect but it works because in this case you have like this like oh it's an urban legend we're just gonna you know play a prank on you and then boom play, you know the prank backfires in an epic way so this part like you said it plays into the overall story really really well but it also it's super important to the atmosphere of the movie, I feel like, because rather than letting you get lost, they just hook you right back in, which is yep. something that a lot of movies don't do, especially at like the halfway mark, you know? Yeah. And while every segment kind of intertwines and whatever else, this one lays the foundation heartily for the finale. And because uh, it, it, you know, it plays again, the part there's and at the, the kind of the finale, the final bit is that grumpy, grumpy neighbor of uh, the principal. And his name is, we find out his name is Mr. Krieg. And uh, it kind of starts, I think, with, with trick-or-treaters coming to his door. And, you know, they're they're a little scared because his house is, you know, it's, it's a wreck. And uh, the door opens and it's dark and there's these weird eyes and this growling and something chases them and scares the kids off. And you you end up finding out that it's it's his dog with a mask on and that, you know, he's scared the, the trick-or-treaters off. And, again, just playing into how grumpy and and anti-holiday and anti-fun he is and you see him go back in and he's got this box of stuff and he's he's putting things in the fire to burn right you don't you don't really know what it is at that point you don't really i mean you don't really think much about it at the moment but he's he's burning whatever these are in this, this little box and then suddenly kind of weird things begin to happen here right? he hears some some noises and hears something and this is where we get our, our really this is where sam becomes the feature of the film and this is where he becomes the centerpiece that he's there and he attacks Krieg and man, this little thing that giggles like a little kid just goes freaking ape shit on this guy and jumps on him and just beats him and cuts him and, and everything else. And um, at, 
but at one point, you know, in Krieg rips the, the burlap mask off and you, you see his head's this weird ass mutant pumpkin looking thing. Right. And, and uh, it ends up Krieg ends up shooting him with a shotgun and you, you think that's it. You know, that he's killed. He thinks he's killed Sam. Right. And he shoots him in the head. And even when he shoots him, it's like stuffing and, and pumpkin guts are coming out. And, um, but during the attack is, is you see the part where he's banging on the window, trying to get Wilkins attention and Wilkins blows him off. So that ties back to that. Uh, that that's, this is what's happening at that moment is this yeah. is where Sam is uh, attacking him uh, for it's for breaking the rules, not handing out candy. Again, this is what happens. He, he broke a rule and um, you know, he, he, Sam ends up attacking him and he cuts his legs and, and, and everything else. And he keeps pursuing him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in the end though, he, he lets Krieg live yeah. and, uh, and, but then, you know, and he, <laughs> this is of course the, the iconic part where he pulls the sucker. There's the part where he pulls the sucker out of the bag, takes the bite out and stabs him with it, which, you know, the, the, the jagged bit sucker is, you know, that's a Sam trademark. Um, but he lets, he lets Krieg live. And um, it kind of disappears. And then later, there's another, there's a knock at a door, and it's Krieg's house again. And he opens it, and he's all bandaged up. And now he's handing out candy, right? Because um, he's, you know, he's learned the hard way of the rule, and he's not breaking the rule, right? And it, I always chuckle every time when the one kid says to him, "Oh, cool mummy costume, Mr. Krieg," <laughs> when he's all bandaged up. And um, so he hands out candy, and, and then he kind of looks up, and Sam, you see Sam standing out kind of in front of his house. And um, as he's looking at Sam, the couple across the street come home, which is the couple from the opening segment. And this is them coming home and her extinguishing the, the Jack lantern and Sam's watching them. So that ties back to this is the moment where Sam goes, because she broke that rule uh, that we saw at the beginning of the movie. And Craig just kind of shakes his head and goes back in the house. And then it cuts to a scene. We see the fire. We see what he's burning. And it's a picture of the, all the kids from the school bus massacre with Krieg in it. And you find out that Krieg was the bus driver that yep. tried to kill these kids. So I love, I remember the first time watching, I was like, Oh, that's great. I love how it ties back to that. That's classic and everything else. But then just to add a layer to it, there's another ring at the doorbell. He grabs the candy, goes, opens the door and they're at his doorstep trick or treating are all the kids from the school bus that have come out of the rock quarry. And, uh, and I believe that I think that's where it ends, right? That's with uh, you don't really see much. It kind of goes dark with them. Krieg's obviously scared shitless. Um, yep. <laughs> knowing who they are. And um, man, I love I just love. Oh, and you also at the end, though, you see the neighbor. You see it kind of scans the neighborhood. I think Krieg's looking yep. around and you see the the neighborhood boy kind of dressed up like dad who's now gone. Um, he's dead because of the werewolves, but he's kind of dressed up like dad. He's handing out candy. You see the the Wanda, the little the uh, awkward girl, uh, nerdy girl coming back, pulling her wagon with the one Jack lantern where she left the rock quarry. So it kind of ties all these stories back to this neighborhood. And uh, you see little glimpses of, of, of how this has all happened. You see, cause Wanda goes across the street and she's almost hit by a van who stops and they're laughing. And it's the werewolf girls uh, that are in that, that vehicle. So it ties all these stories back together that how this has all happened on Halloween night. And there's all this overlapping. And to me, that's just it's just brilliant. It's so well done how it all weaves together and flows around and it comes back. Um, and it, man, it finishes very, very strong to me. Um, this is my favorite part. This ending. I, I love it. This is my my favorite part from the bus massacre on to the end. And this is my favorite section of the movie. Yep. No, absolutely. I, I would definitely agree. I think the I think my favorite part, like you kind of said, specifically is the Sam uh, versus Krieg uh, part of the film because you know you have Sam which is just like it seems like a little kid but you don't really understand how just absolutely vicious he is and you know he kind of like sets up these traps with like glass and candy and everything else and it's just a really brutal scene really I mean he it just is. he's just demolishing this old man and like you said it's kind of ties everything back together you finally get to see sam you get to see what he is you know and it's just oh man it's just such a wonderful finale because like you said it comes full circle everything makes sense it touches on every single part of the film and it's like lot it's like you know chef's kiss and <laughs> uh it's just ah oh, so good 
Yeah. And then, I mean, on some side notes, in 2009, DC Comics put out a graphic novel, and I believe there's been other stories come out. I know there is like an omnibus that's got all these things collected together. And um, and and the thing is, this movie has become such a merchandising juggernaut. As oh, it, yeah. it is one of Spirit Halloween's top selling franchise, you know, merchandise franchises every year. I mean, Sam is it is he is an iconic character now in horror movies. And there's been lots of horror movies that have you know tapped into the Halloween holiday. But to me, there's been none that have done it as well as Trick or Treat. This one it, it is so I love it. It's got the Sam Hain thing. It's got these these. Uh, commercial rules of Halloween that you're supposed to do. I, I, I love it. I love how Sam's the enforcer for these rules. And um, it, it feels like a Halloween holiday movie to me. I, I love it. I watch it every year around that time. And again, it is one of my, my favorite movies um, of all time. And I, you were talking earlier about uh, your wife watching it for the first time. What did she think then when she watched it? What overall, then what in the end, when it was all said and done, what did, what did she think? No, yeah, I'm um, so to clarify, we watched it for the fir- I've seen it before, but she watched it for the first time last year, I believe, because we did like a, a thir- like a 30 days of Halloween type thing mm-hmm. where we watched a different horror movie every day. And, you know, and she was like, what's some key horror movies that I've never seen that you think I should watch? And I was like, well, this is like the this is like, in my opinion, one of the Halloween movies, with the exception of maybe Halloween trick or treat is like one of the de facto horror movies about Halloween. So we watched it, and at the end, I just remember her saying, she's like, wow, she's like, they need to make a sequel. That was the first thing she said. They need to make a sequel. And this is, mind you, in 2021 before we, we knew about what we know about now. But, you know, she's like, this needs a sequel. She's like, I want more. So she loved it. She was absolutely hooked from the from the get-go. She yep. just wanted more. <laughs> yep. And there there is a sequel in production. Uh, there's not a lot of details out there, but it is – in the early stages, um, I, I, you know, we will see more. There are, if you go on, uh, if you go on YouTube, there are some little animated shorts from way back before the movie came out. Yep. Uh, there were some shorts that that were out for him, and there's some. He's, you know, Sam's appeared in some commercials uh, for some, you know, spooky time viewing stuff, and all that's on YouTube to watch if you want to get a, you know a little more taste of him. Um, it, it is this movie to me. Every time I watch it, is enjoyable, and uh, it just, I love it. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I cannot wait for another installment. I, I have complete faith that it'll be just as clever and just as well done. And uh, I know this is, you know, uh, more than probably any movie we've covered so far, we really talked about the story of this. Um, and again, it's just because it's so enjoyable of how these stories intertwine. And I know a lot of the listeners have probably already seen this before, and I, I hope they didn't think it was just boring hearing us talk about these stories. But um, I, I, I wanted to talk about each of the little storylines and, and kind of get our, you know, put our feedback on each segment. Um, so, so let's rate this. I, um, I, you know, again, it is one of my favorite horror movies, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's a absolutely perfect movie because I, to me, I, I would save a five screams for just the, a, a, a absolute pinnacle movie. And I don't think it's, it's quite on the Mount Rushmore, even though I love it, but it is close. I am going to give it a four and a half screams out of five. Yep. No, I was right there with you. Four and a half screams out of five. Like you said, you know, it, it's it's not like you said, it's not one of those movies that I watched and I immediately said to myself, this is perfect. Um, it had its, you know, it had a handful of things that I wish it could have done better. I think most of those issues um, are due to the fact that it did have a limited release and everything else. And I, and I think that that's primarily where the issues came from but it was as close to perfect as you can get without being perfect so four and a half screams out of five absolutely it's a fun fun movie to watch though uh it, to me it's a it's a halloween uh, must watch every year uh yep. so uh i'm sure everybody again probably everybody listening has probably already seen this but go watch it again right if you haven't already <laughs> i cannot recommend it enough um very very enjoyable uh, and again, we're going to get out of here soon, but our next episode, we're going to have a special episode coming uh, on Halloween night, uh, a little bonus episode thrown in there. Ike and I have each picked three Halloween specials, and we're, we've are we each watched the watched our, the others, and we're going to discuss them a little bit, give us some facts about them, and kind of see the general reaction. Because again, there's a big generational gap here, and um <laughs> I've got I've I've already watched Ike's and I've got I've got things to say 
And uh, <laughs> when Ike watches mine, again, particularly one in, specifically, there will definitely be some things you'll want to say. I know it. So uh, look forward to that. Again, that's a special episode coming Halloween night, because how can we have a horror podcast and not have a special Halloween episode of some sort? So, Ike, before we get out of here, anything else you want to throw in? Have a wonderful, spectacular, spooktacular rest of your October. And, uh, you know, I think the next thing that we're going to see is uh, Halloween the 31st. That's right. We're down the home stretch. So uh, so hit it hard. Uh, you know, get those get those last minute views in, uh, you know, carve a pumpkin, do all those fun things. Uh, but until next time, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>